baseball is dead. Rest in peace. That is quite the delay. All right, we're working with a delay. Dallas is in it. Where the fuck are you, Dallas? Chicago? Jesus Christ. Really? Motherfuck. No, I'm in Detroit. <laughs> and that just, that's the kind of shit that'll just ruin my fucking morning. I swear to God. Yeah. Like, there's nothing, yeah, you're there's in- nothing that ruins a fucking day, a game, a broadcast, anything more than shit sound. Partner too loud, can't hear him. Get these fucking things off me. Partner too low, can't hear him. Can somebody turn him the fuck up, please? Can't hear the game sound. The field mic's too fucking hot. I can't even fucking think. And you can't. Oh, God damn it, man. <laughs> this is so fucking brutal. Just, You're doing just great, point. Dallas. You're doing just great. point to me. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking quit. I fucking quit. Fuck. I mean, Detroit. That, that's just uh, all you need to know is that's what Detroit does to a man. <clears throat> no offense to Detroit, but uh, you know it is what it is as it pertains to Detroit. <clears throat> uh, the All Star selections have been made, so we will be getting into some All Star selections but before we do that presented by direct tv home to the most local mlb games it is the stories from the weekend everyone is uh bringing a little sliver of baseball to the table coming into the uh the monday morning podcast and uh you know what since dallas is is battling over there. He's fighting for his life. Joseph, why don't you why don't you tell us what stood out to you this past weekend? Oakland won two out of three. <laughs> okay. Oh, that really got. Is this your first podcast? Talking to the fucking microphone, dude. I'm just playing. That wasn't mine. <laughs> okay. Atlanta Braves. What do you think, dude? Bro, the Atlanta Braves. I had this on the rundown, and I don't think that we can wait before we get to it. I just kind of want to dive right into this topic. The Atlanta Braves hit 61 home runs in the month of June. 61. That is the most ever by a National League team. Second only to the 2019 New York Yankees, who I think hit 74 or something like that in a month in 2019. But the Atlanta Braves hit 61 home runs in one singular month and the next closest team well that would have been the angels uh (laughs) the angels who i think hit 47 and it was because shohei otani hit 15 of them himself well i I, I don't know obviously shohei's on another level but i bet you matt olsen is like pretty close to that pretty close probably because For for the month of june Mm-hmm. I can get you those numbers. Fact check that. Because Matty O, thank you to Dallas Braden and the Oakland A's sending him over here. <laughs> he, and you know, he just passed Freddie on OPS this year, which is Did a big really? win. That's a big win for Braves fans. Passing Freddie. I think Freddie's like third or fourth in the NL or in the league. And Freddie's still doing it. Like, that's Freddie the other thing. Like, Matt Olson is crushing homers, but Freddie Freeman is still performing at a very high level. Oh, yeah. Higher than Matt Olson has. And Olson's done great. I mean, this is about the Braves, but Freddie Freeman somehow every single year, his whole career has been underrated. That makes no sense. But um, 11. Shohei Otani hit 15 home runs in June. Matt Olson hit 11 home runs. So did uh, Luis Robert. Lou yeah, Bob. No 
no Lou Bob hit a no one's touching Shohei. Yeah, he's on a different level. Um, what's the record? What's the record for most home runs by a single team in a single season? I mean, it's got to be the 2019 Yankees, I would assume. Most home runs in a single season by a team. Uh, oh, the 2019 Minnesota Twins, of course. Who could forget that <laughs> that juggernaut offense? <laughs> Wow. Oh, man, the 2019 Minnesota. Yeah, that was the bomb squad. The Bomba squad. The 2019. Nelly. Yeah, Nelson Cruz hit 41. Did Sano uh, on Miguel that team? Sano, mm-hmm. yeah, hit 34. Max Kepler mm-hmm. hit 36. Jonathan Scope hit 23. Jorge Polanco hit 22. Eddie Rosario hit 32. Mitch Garver hit 31. Uh, is that CJ Crone on that team? Yes. 25 for him. Yeah, so they broke the record that was set by the New York Yankees from the year before. Nothing to see here. Just, you know, <laughs> the 2019 the 2019 Yankees hit 306 homers. The 2019 So yeah, all right. The record What the fuck this The the top 4 fucking home run. All right. The record was in 2018, the Yankees hit 267 homers. Then in 2019, four teams broke that record. Okay. The 2018 Yankees hit 267. Another the 2019, yeah, the 2019 Dodgers hit 279. The 2019 Astros hit 288. The 2019 Yankees hit 306. And then the 200... 2019 twins hit 307. So, yeah, the record was set in 18, then broken by four teams in 2019. <laughs> yep, just standard Whoops. stuff. <laughs> not a, I mean, it's not a design flaw. You know? No, I'd say they achieved their that, ultimate uh, goal. There's no doubt they achieved their ultimate goal. Baseball's flying out of the ballpark at a rate higher mm-hmm. than the fucking starving seagulls. Yeah, I what are, where are the Atlanta Braves at as a team right now? Figure out that on pace, Joe. I'm trying right now. I don't know. You don't know how to figure out I'm, on pace for a whole team. I don't know. My database is limited. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can add them all up with a calculator. Give me 20 minutes. Your your database <laughs> is limited. Oh, fan graphs, they just they're not up to that. Oh, you want to hear some projections? The Atlanta, the Atlanta Braves, Braves playoffs odds? One hundred percent. According to fan graphs, the Atlanta There's, Braves have clinched a playoff spot. They could on, lose out and still make the playoffs. According to fan graphs, that's impossible. So mm-hmm. um we're going to the playoffs. We're going to the dance. I don't know about your guys' teams. I don't know about anybody else, but we're going to the dance. 99% chance to win the division and a 25% chance to win the World Series. That's and it? That's it. Yeah. Which honestly just makes me yeah. think it's we have no chance to win the World Series, but you know, that's cool for now. 25% chance. If they've hit 158 home runs through 83 games... That's what it is. 158 home runs through 83 games. They're on pace to hit 308 home runs. 
which would be the record by one home run. It's not all about homers, bro. Yeah, it is. What about steals? What about Ronnie having 40 steals on the All-Star break? That's cool, too. To me, that's more I just can't, And he's on pace can't wait for 41 40, 40. That's it. Can't wait for the 40-40. Just give me the 40-40. 40-40? Fucking 40-70. 40-80. He's on pace right now Easy, for 41 pal. homers. Easy. 76 Joey steals. Has, Joey has been drinking. It's Monday. There's, it's not going <laughs> to fucking happen. I mean, give me. I'll, I'll take. I'll take forty seventy. No, I'll. No, I'll take. Uh, I'll take forty and forty-seven from Ronnie. What? How many's he got right now? Seven steals. Thirty-nine. No. Yeah, dude. What the fuck are you talking about? Like, he'll hit the forty mark. I'm saying he's gonna hit. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not capping him at forty steals. No, it's like he'll he'll get the forty mark. You just said but 40 47. Well, like meaning, all right, he'll hit the 40 mark with stolen bases. 47 home runs is what I'm getting him. He's already at the 40 mark. Uh, mm. Yeah, because Joey's saying 40-70. Does that mean Joey believes he's not going to steal another base, but just go on to hit homers? No, I understood that. No, I'm, I'm saying 70 steals. Uh, give me, well, give me some the on pace numbers. Yeah, like, the on what the pace fuck numbers are, are 41 homers. 76 deals. 76? So he's got to swipe more bags. I want 40-80. Yeah, I mean, hey, I, I don't know what the Braves' plan is that they're going to have Ronald Acuna Jr. stealing every time he gets on base when they're up 30 fucking games in the division by August 2nd. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, personally... Well, that's not even how that works. I mean, like, it's not like... Players only well, steal when the manager gives them the sign. Like guys will just go. Yeah, but but the idea of not putting your player in a position where there's a high risk, low reward, like that's a thing. If it's five to nothing in the fourth inning and Ronald Acuna Jr. finds himself on first base, you'd like to see him steal. But if it's September, I don't know that Ronald Acuna Jr. is going to be stealing especially when he's had a 100% chance to perform in the playoffs since fucking July 1st. So you kind of have an idea of where you're going to go. You know where he's going to be. You know what he's going to be a part of. You'd like to keep him as fresh and as healthy as possible. And to that point, we see Mike Trout, and I always use this as an example. That's why he doesn't die for baseballs, because the Angels, regardless of what time of the year, they said, buddy, you running around on the bases and shit, not as valuable to us as you could possibly be. You diving for baseballs and laying out and maybe getting hurt and shit, not as valuable to us as you could possibly be. What is the most value you bring to us by bringing doubles down, maybe going and getting a homer here or there. We're not too worried about that, but ultimately just staying healthy so you can swing the bat for us. That's where you're the most valuable. So we've watched teams constrict players to a point where they just, have stopped doing things that they did altogether, i.e. Trout, i.e. Altuve on the bases. So I'm not saying it's something that they'll just that apparently eliminate. That has not but- worked with some guys, though. Like, like, look at Tatis. Like, Tatis has been hurt a couple of times, and he comes back, and he's still just, like, diving headfirst into home plate on crazy plays and shit like that. Like, there, there are some guys where it's like, yeah, no, I appreciate your suggestion, but fuck you. Well, yeah, and this, this is just coming in now like a a strategy aspect. Like it's one thing to not want Ronnie to fucking fly around the field and possibly get hurt. It's another thing where 
That's why I kind of gave the game scenario and where we're at in the season. If it's the end of September, we've had a postseason spot locked up. So now Ronald Acuna Jr. running really only is for one reason, right? Or it could perceive to be for really only one reason, which is a self-fulfilling statistic. Because why do we need him to take second base? We're already going to the playoffs. This run quite literally doesn't mean anything. And it's like, well, it, it does. It does mean something. This is the game of baseball. This is how we're supposed to play it. And if he's really good at it, I want him to just be really good at the game of baseball every time he takes the field. Don't put the fucking brakes on. Hmm. I guess we'll see. Because I think, I think Acuna, while it, he definitely is motivated to have some sort of crazy season where it's 40, 70, or 40, 80, whatever it is, I think that there is a bigger part of him that is still bothered by the fact that the Atlanta Braves won the World Series, but he wasn't a part of it. Yeah, for I sure. Can- he is also... I don't know, but do you think he really thinks he's risking it by stealing every time? I mean, he steals pretty much every time he gets to first base right now. <laughs> and if he was worried about getting hurt, he probably wouldn't do that. No, I'm not. I'm not saying I him. Think it's Joe. be up to the Braves what they tell him to do. Well, that's yeah, my entire point right there. It has nothing to do with what Ronnie wants to do because I would like to believe that in that late September ball game with a postseason spot already locked up, Ronald Acuna Jr. doesn't give a shit about that. He wants to steal bases. Why? Because he can, because he's good at it, and because that's what he's paid to do. He's paid to play the game at his highest level. My point was we've seen teams come in and meddle with how players perform to the point where the impact that they could possibly make at a highest level, could you imagine if Mike Trout was stealing 40 to 50 bags every fucking year on top of what he's done? That'd be bananas. That'd be absolutely insanity. But the Angels stepped in and put it into that very quickly, very quickly. So I just I don't want to see that happen with Ronnie either, but I'm bracing for the fact that that could be something we see. But I would love for him to just go, nope, fuck all y'all. I'm running all over this bitch. Hmm. Well, we'll see. Uh, Dallas, what stood out to you over this weekend? All right. Well, I will say that uh, I'm probably going to take young Joseph's initial thought uh, at fucker. It was it was the green and gold taking two out of three, but it wasn't the A's taking two out of three that got me excited because those are ball games. Those are uh, those are quite literally just baseball games for us Um, for the Chicago White Sox. These are games that mean something totally different, something very different. And looking at the roster, looking at this team play baseball, we just talked about Lou Bob dropping Dick third most homers in the month of June. Like, why can't he be a 40-40 kind of guy, right? When you ask those questions, you look at this roster, you start to ask just one big why, one big question mark. What is happening? Why can this team not do enough to win baseball games to get them out of the position they're in and take over this division. What is preventing them from doing that? Because the talent is not one of those things, or it shouldn't be anyway. Are they cursed? I, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it's just, 
I, I, I am. I'm lost. Like, why are they? What is happening? They got to be the all-time worst vibe team ever. I think you walk into the White Sox clubhouse, and I, I've, you know, I've seen a couple of major league clubhouses, so I, I, I can say this. I bet it's World War Three in there. <laughs> like, why else? They just suck. Every player sucks except for Lou Bob. I don't know. It's gonna be bad. I'll what say this: mean? like, there's, there's in terms of one guy who I when I watch the White Sox, I love Tim <laughs> Anderson. When I watch him, I, he looks depressed. I bet if they trade Tim Anderson, whoever the team, I bet he's instantly like their best sitter. Depending on the team, maybe he goes to the Braves and he won't even be top ten, but he'd be like a really, <laughs> really good it's, player. But on the White Sox this year, and he hasn't hit a home run in a fucking year. Almost though. Yeah, that grand slam that they called back. Yeah. I mean, how mind-blowing is that? When I saw that stat, I was like, what? A whole year? I know oh. he's been hurt, but like still a year. <sighs> it's almost like they, they had that. They, had, they went to the Field of Dreams, this magical place, and they came out through the cornfields, and they had all these juice balls, whatever happened, and they beat the Yankees and it was like all oh, the fireworks and everything. Tim Anderson, whoa. Ever since then, they just, they're cursed. A lot of, a lot of bad stuff has happened to Chicago White Sox in a very short amount of time. And, and I think we've, we've had that conversation about um, the 2020 White Sox and getting a bunch of guys under contract, not to the same extent that the Atlanta Braves were doing it. Different caliber of uh, talent that was getting locked up, but still very good players were going to be under contract for the foreseeable future. Like they kind of had their core on lock and that hasn't resulted in anything. Like I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to try and pull up the the numbers on the White Sox record since making the playoffs in the COVID season. It can't be good. Like it's definitely a losing record. Um but that's what it, what for you, Joe, has been the biggest disappointment um, watching the, the 2020 White Sox until today, like knowing what you know today with this with this White Sox team. What's been the most disappointing thing like that didn't come to fruition that you thought would during that span? I think Tim Anderson's a big one. He has a 50 OPS plus and. You know, <laughs> especially a guy like that who's so electric. I think, I mean, the number one disappointment has to be probably Lance Lynn, if you're just going to say one person. But he wasn't like a part of that core, though. Like, like I'm talking like Eloy not being able to stay healthy or like Giolito not winning or being like the Cy Young conversation, shit like that. The White Sox, oh, they actually have a winning record. <laughs> they do. So well, that's... 200- 211 and 199 since uh, 2021. That's the problem. It's like, because it's not one guy. It's the whole team collectively underperforming other than than Lubop. Mm -hmm. No one knows how to say his last name, but he's a beast. Lubop has been the only fucking guy. That's like Dylan Cease. Uh, What's Dylan Cease done this year? He's had a he's had a very a very poor year. Four ten ERA. I mean, that's better than I thought it was. But I mean, he was. Did he win Cy Young last year? Almost. He finished Pretty runner close. Up. He finished runner up. Uh, four ten ERA. Um. Yeah, strikeouts per nine is still uh, above ten, which is nice. Uh, the WHIP is a career no, not a career high. It's the it's his worst since twenty twenty. 
Um, I mean, the reason why I bring up Lance Lynn is because I believe if uh, he is, I think, last place in qualified starters in ERA right now, second to last behind Jordan Lyles. Mm. This is Lance Lynn. This was our American hero, man. <laughs> this guy. Uh, well, Dylan Cease, you guys started talking about Dylan Cease. I, uh, I had internet connection for a brief moment where I heard the name Dylan Cease. Yeah. Um, Dylan Cease, go look at his last, what, like five, six games, maybe, maybe even seven games. I think no decisions. No decisions. And okay, what does that mean? Well, he's given you five, six innings, but honestly, nothing more than that. He has yet to complete seven innings, I believe, this season. That's right. Brutal. Brutal, brutal, brutal. And I guess uh, we are getting closer to the trade deadline. Uh, we're going to be doing some some all-star discussion here. Um, but the trade deadline is approaching. And I think the White Sox are going to be at the epicenter of that. Uh, the White Sox are going to be one of those teams where people are going to be calling. The prices are going to be high, though. I think everyone kind of just anticipates this massive fire sale, like everyone's got to go type situation with the White Sox. Um, but the the premium on some of these players, like if you're calling on a Dylan Cease, guess what? That price is going to be fucking high. It doesn't matter if he's got an ERA over four this year. We all know what the talent is. Uh, same thing with like a Tim Anderson. Um, like a, a Lucas Giolito is going to be a rental type player. but They've they've got some pieces that if you come calling to the White Sox, don't just expect them to be like, all right, yeah, you want this guy, you want that guy here, take it, take it, yeah, yeah. No, like they they're gonna be in a position to <clears throat> get some really nice returns on the players that would be potentially on the market. But yeah, that is there is there any other team in baseball right now that has more talent that could be on the go than the White Sox? Hmm. White Sox, I don't St. Think Louis. So. I mean, yeah, I don't think so either. St. Louis, I guess. St. Louis because is an interesting one. Well, that's all about who you're listening to. Like, who are you really legitimately listening to if, if you're in St. Louis? You know, like, who, who are you listening on, I should say? Everybody. Yeah, there's talent. I, I think even a guy like but, Goldie. Yeah, like, you could, but, but, you could potentially listen I, well, on any guy on that roster. And you're not just going to wear it like it's a down season. We'll go get him next year. Uh, it depends on and it depends on what their outlook is for the future. If you think you can compete, well, if you think you can go from this dumpster fire this year to next year being able to uh, compete again, then no, you don't you don't entertain trading some of your your veteran star players. But if you think it's going to be a while, then yeah, why not? Because if it's going to be a while, then that's Nolan and Goldie. See you later. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that, it's, it's tough. not going to happen. Right. I don't think that's going to happen either, which is why I don't know that the Cardinals are, are any higher on that list of teams that have talent that could be on the move. But if we are, <laughs> if we are looking at Goldie and Nolan Arenado as potential pieces to move, well, then that's a pretty remarkable group of talent and just those two dudes but for the white Sox, we've just named a few guys who absolutely absolutely are talented enough should they be having a better season to be on a lot of people's radar but if they were having a better season 
the White Sox wouldn't be five and a half out. And that's the problem. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, it'll be uh, very intriguing. You know what the- skews all of this? And when you're talking about the central with trading, it's like the divisions are so bad. Any one of these teams could do that and just like, we're not going to trade anyone. We don't even have to be good and we have a chance. Right. That's what the Next whole year that's, or even that's this, what this year. has all been about. It's all like ever since yeah. ever since the expanded playoff, that's what you just have to realize is a part of the group think now. That's a part of how these organizations are preparing is there's going to be a line established where we won't invest any more than this, knowing what our landscape looks like, knowing what our odds are. I mean, I posed the question, I don't know if it was last podcast, but a few different times ago. If you've got a team that's spending $60 million and they're winning a division and they're competing and blowing the doors off teams who are spending north of $200 million, well, if you were a business owner, what would you rather do? Spend that extra $150 plus million of overhead to get the same thing the 99 cent store is getting in return? Is that, is that how you want to roll? Yeah, Probably not. If you're looking at the Centrals right now, first of all, this is historic. We have four first place teams in both the Centrals right now, and three of them, the Cleveland Guardians, the the Reds, and Milwaukee all sold recently in the past year. And they're all in first place. Jay, hey, welcome. I cannot hear you. This has been the worst technical technological podcast of all time. Nailing it. We are fucking nailing it. Yeah. <laughs> Dallas is on a 10 second delay. Jay, hey, we cannot hear. Uh, Joey was not talking into his mic for the first segment. Uh, Hello, testing, testing. Uh, it's hot. So hot. Hold on. Are you using a less hot less magic hot? bullet for a microphone? Oh yeah, it's my it's my new mic, new mic over at my uh, brother in law's. Oh, yeah. he's so happy. That was, to a, be. that was a fun drive. Yeah, it's good to be off the road. Good to be <laughs> on the podcast with you, fine people. Yeah, welcome. All right, we got to take a break and talk about Zin nicotine pouches. We're always talking about what a team needs to get to number one, but Zin nicotine pouches are already there. Zin has helped millions of people achieve lasting change earning the title of America's number one nicotine pouch. If you're a smoker or you're a dipper looking to make a change, look no further than Zin. Zin is made with six simple ingredients and is available in a wide range of varieties, including spearmint, citrus, and even coffee. And it's available in two strengths so you can control your nicotine satisfaction. Because it's discreet, you can enjoy it anywhere, anytime, so you never have to miss a moment of the game. Plus, every can of Zin earns you points towards premium items like tailgating gear, top-of-the-line tech, Zin swag, even gift cards. Find your Zin at your local convenience store or online at Zin.com. That's Zin, Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Uh, you, uh, you. you pretty much got here just in time for your turn for the what, what stood out to you over the weekend. Segment. So what stood out to me is kind of a continuation of what we talked about last week, which was 
like the mediocrity of the National League overall with the glaring exception of the Atlanta Braves. And I just think what the Braves did over the weekend to me, like not necessarily surprising. I just feel like they have really put some distance between themselves and every other team in the National League. And part of that is the the eight game win streak. But it's also the fact that their run differential is now like 80 runs better than the next closest team um, in the NL. And I just, you know, I think it's been, uh, I know Joey pushes back on the contract thing a lot with the, with the Braves and kind of the flack that they've gotten for, you know, some of those contracts that were signed in terms of how team friendly they are. But I just think we, we don't necessarily talk about uh, how well the Braves have been built uh, a lot or, or we score, we sort of take it for granted at this point. I just think that, um, like it's not only is it a team that's so much more successful right now than every other NL team, it's a it's a team that's set up for this sort of success to sustain itself. Yeah. And we always like I feel like the Dodgers get most of the attention there uh, in terms of like long term sustainable, uh, sustainable, great teams in the NL and deservedly so. But there's no reason why this Braves core won't be doing this in two years, in three years. And like some of the names will change. but. It's just uh, well, Jay. That's what I took away from the weekend. Is just kind of like a a further opening up of the NL uh, from what we talked about last. Isn't week. isn't though? Let me let me ask you this though, because I I I mean I think the Dodgers have always been a focal point when we talk about organizational depth, but I think a lot of that has had to do with who they have continually yeah. had coming, and who they have not only had coming, but when they arrive, they've had an impact. I think this looks a little different in Atlanta because the conversation is about who's here and who's going to be here for a long time at the big league level. It's not necessarily about depth in the lower rungs that can come up and have an impact. We're talking about seven guys in this lineup that you can account for over the next fucking four or five years. That's that's a completely different animal, in my opinion. Couldn't have said it better myself. Thoughts, Jay? <laughs> mm. You're just gonna leave him hanging right there. <laughs> yeah i I was hoping for more context clues, unfortunately, <laughs> and I and I didn't get them. Uh, so I was ready to roll with it, but I I have no idea what he what Dallas just said. <laughs> I want to fucking jump out this window right now. So if you can hear that, <laughs> I'm opening up the fucking yeah, window. Jake, does does it even though we can't hear him, does Riverside still pick it up? It still picks it up, but if you don't know what he says, then it's tough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In terms of continuing the conversation, the fans will get to hear whatever gem that was. We just didn't. Yeah. That's tough. That's tough. Would you like me to repeat say it? Again. No, say it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I feel like the Dodgers at times have been more about who's on the way and who can come up and make an impact when they yeah. get there. But the Atlanta Braves, this is a different animal. This is a team that has five, six, seven guys that you can account for over the next five years or so. And for me, that's a different animal is what I was saying. Yeah, it makes sense. And I don't know. I just think it's cool how how the team's been built in a lot of ways, too, because you've got a nice mix of, you know, homegrown superstar, star level talent. You have some really, really sharp 
trade acquisitions uh, that have aged really well. Like I think, I think the the Olson Murphy trades were viewed well at the time and have o- only looked better for the Braves. Um, you know, in the two years since Olson and in the in the season that we're seeing from Murphy now. Um, yeah, I just, I, I I would be. I think it's a sobering reality. You know, we talk about is this season over? You know, the Kunsel Mets stuff and like when is it time to bail on this Mets season and Steve Cohen's payrolls and all that sort of stuff. And it's like we're almost at a point where that that noise may not end up mattering at all. Like it it may not end up mattering whether the Mets do this or do that because the Braves are so well set up um, with you would think some upward room in the event that like they wanted to take on payroll midseason or when Ozuna's contract comes off the books, like presumably that slot will be replaced by somebody more productive than Marcelo Ozuna. So um it's a scary proposition for the rest of the East, I think. Yeah, but even that guy, I mean he's got an 820 OPS right now. How the fuck did that even happen? No, yeah, what's, that happened quickly. Like, what's 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 better well, I think what the better conversation is what you it's it's more of a broader topic conversation, but Uncle Stevie ready to spend money. The problem is the one thing that money can buy when spent wisely is something Steve Cohen is after, but it doesn't feel like he's in a position to purchase the thing he's after most, which is that cohesive longevity. He's in a spot to go buy stars. Well, and we pay for their services. Well, we've talked about like the plan for spending the money is like you spend the money in the interim to help the roster, but the long-term plan is to build a farm system and a talent pipeline that can sustain you at something less than record-setting payrolls. And like that's a process. And the Mets are in some ways just kind of beginning that process, like post Wilpons. And like I that that's what the Dodgers did at the beginning too, when they first they started spending a lot of money and then Friedman rebuilt the farm system. And that's what that's how they became the juggernaut. But there was a lot of spending early. They just didn't really have like a Braves level franchise that was in their way to compete with. Like the Giants were winning World Series, but I don't think like the organization was like that. Yeah, I mean, the Braves have the luxury of every single guy they've ever called up has been a beast the second they call him up. And they haven't had a top farm system since like Ronald Acuna came up. But still, somehow they might have one prospect who is like in the eyes of scouts worth a shit, but that guy becomes Spencer Strider. Or look at their who is the best, who is second best war in the Braves right now? Any guesses? Hmm. Murphy. I would have guessed Murphy. No. Are you going to tell us? Or is it Matt Olson? No, it's Bryce Elder. Wow. Like, I don't know. What is he? What is his prospect ranking? Probably not high. The guy has the second best ERA in the league. And it's like that's happened every single year on the Braves since 2018. It was Max Freed and Soroka. First, it was Soroka. Then it was Max Freed. Then it was Ian Anderson. Then it was Strider. Now it's Bryce Elder. Every single year, they have a guy who's like top five in ERA as of rookie. And by the way, they're they're doing what we're saying they're doing. We're just kind of glossing over the fact that Max Fried and Kyle Wright have contributed basically nothing to the 2023 season. And they were they were intended to be massive parts of this team. And they were massive parts of this team over the preceding couple of seasons, right, particularly last year. 
Um, and it's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, they don't have two of their four most important pitchers and they're, you know, winning at a 105 win pace or whatever it might be. Um, it's just very impressive and I think worth stopping down and, and talking about. And then Soroka had a, a really positive start. Um, what was that, Friday? So mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think that's, that's cool on a sentimental level too. But who's to say that he's not going to play a role for this team down the stretch, uh, particularly if, you know, Wright doesn't get back to full health or what he was last year. Um, <clears throat> is it fair to say that the Atlanta Braves haven't hit their peak yet <laughs> this season? Season? That's kind of what I was getting at. Yeah. Yes. I th- like they they have not had their full roster and maybe they won't like sometimes baseball works that way, but they have not had their full roster playing together at any point this season. And they have a what is it? A 675 winning percentage. That's crazy. Well, let, let's just think about it this way. Remember when the Tampa Bay Rays beat the brakes off of everybody for the two for the first two weeks of the baseball season? And people were like, well, how the fuck? Yeah. What's that going to look like? Well, you know what that looks like as we sit right now? The Atlanta Braves have won one less game than the Rays. One less game. Yeah, they have a better winning percentage too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah they're, they have a they have been a better team, and they're close. They have almost closed the gap in run differential too. Um, and if I'm being honest, I feel a lot better about like what the Braves look like over the next couple of months into the postseason than I do the Rays. Um, which isn't really taking anything away from the Rays. It's more a compliment to the Braves, I think. I uh, I tweeted a couple days ago um, about... Uh, I said, I'd love to talk to an older Braves fan and ask them which era of Braves baseball they enjoyed the most. The Braves were the team of the 90s and had a roster of Hall of Famers, but these last few years of Braves baseball have been insanely fun to watch too. That tweet got 520 replies. And people were saying how old they were, like, hey, I'm 41, yada, yada, yada. I would say a vast majority of them said that these Atlanta Braves were more fun to watch than the Braves of the 90s. Man, I wonder how much Ronald Acuna Jr. specifically is driving that. Yeah, because like, I think the fun thing about the Braves of the 90s was that you could tune in on any night and be seeing or or three of the five nights or, you know, at Steve Avery's peak, four of the five nights. Uh, but you could be tuning in and seeing like ace level pitching almost every night. And that to me, like, I don't know, I'm probably just being nostalgic because that coincided with no. when I was like 10, 11, 12 years old. But I man, th- that's a little bit surprising to me, although it's a great question, I think. Well, I, I think in this day and age, there's just more flair and excitement surrounding what happens on a baseball yeah. field than back in the day so the idea of it being just you know more exciting per se i can understand why that would ring true but yeah. as far as just overall production level and over like i think there's a a difference in what you're seeing right now with the atlanta braves but my god like you, you think about some of those lineups that the braves were running out there like th- that's Mark Lemke, Jeff Blauser, Otis Nixon, fucking Sid Bream, uh, Terry Pendleton, uh, fucking Andrew Jones. You got Javi Lopez behind the dish. You got all four that you just mentioned, Jay Hay, on the tit. I mean, with Larry over there at the hot corner, like there was a lot to fall in love with with the Atlanta Braves 
a the, whole lot. The ninety, the ninety-eight Braves, the ninety-eight Braves had four players hit thirty-plus homers, and one of those guys was Andres Galarraga with forty-four homers and one hundred and twenty-one RBI. Big cat. I, I forgot. Yeah, I sort of forgot the the Galarraga uh, Braves period. <laughs> God, he was good. Yeah, oh, Chipper. Fuck. I left out fucking Prime Dog. Hmm. Yeah. Like I think the Braves probably have like seven players at thirty home runs this year. <laughs> no. Eight. Yeah. Every single guy in the lineup, maybe. <clears throat> I mean, every guy is pretty much capable. I mean, Ozzy already has twenty. That surprised me. I didn't uh, Ozzy uh, twenty home runs already. It's the an All Star break, and I was trashing him. I said he can't. He he can't hit lefty. He's crushing it, lefty. I'm sorry. They're about at the All Star break right now, and um. But we're not even at the all-star break right now. We're halfway through the season. Eddie Rosario has 14 homers. Sean Murphy has 14 homers. Austin Riley has 15 homers. Marcelo Zuna has 16 homers. Ozzy Albies has 20 homers. Ronald Acuna Jr. has 21. And Matt Olson has 28. So they have seven guys that yeah, are basically halfway to 30. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the yeah. thing that would really trip you out in terms of how good this team is, is you look at the 2021 roster that won the World Series and compare that lineup and that pitching staff to what the Braves have, have now, you would just be like, all right, yeah, they, the season's over. They won the World Series. <laughs> Let me like, ask you this, Joe. Of, yeah. Could you pluck Ronnie off this team right now and still just not even miss a beat heading into October? You'd miss a beat, but I mean, they'd still be heavy favorites. For sure. That's like the one guy that you would hurt the most, but even then. I mean, when you they have one player under league average hitting, and it's Michael Harris. He won rookie of the year last year. And like started if you put, off the whoa. season like Ozuna levels. And he's been unconscious lately. Yeah. If you put Ronald Acuna Jr. on the Chicago White Sox, is he a get-me-over-the-hump guy for them in that division? I think if he goes to the White Sox, he'll just turn into, I don't know, terrible player. <laughs> I don't think the White Sox are cursed. That's my, I don't know. I, yeah. Hmm. Yep. Well, one player. I don't know. That's a good question, though. One player. I mean, how much war does he have? Three, four I mean, war already? Practically speaking, it probably is the difference between the White Sox winning the AL Central and not in theory because they're five and a half back right now. For yeah, so yeah, maybe yeah. That's what that's the white that's what the White Sox should do. Make a fucking trade yeah. for Ronald Acuna. Just fucking Jr. go get Ronald Acuna. Yeah. Mm. What are they doing? <laughs> yeah. Likely. The thing that stood out to me over the weekend is a subject that we hit on before that was a little bit on the negative side. And by, by a little bit, I mean a lot. It was it was a lot on the negative side. So it's only fair to follow up on the positive side. And that would be Alec Manoa's recent outing, which was yesterday. Five innings, one run ball. He struck out 10, three hits, three walks, and he hit a batter. But uh, 82 pitches, 47 strikes. That. That's a positive. 
10 strikeouts in five innings. That's a positive. So, I mean, if if it was anything like his last outing, I don't know. I don't know what the conversation would have been if he <laughs> I think we would not again. be talking about it. Yeah. Yeah, it would kind of just be like sad and, and awkward and uncomfortable. But him going out there and having a good outing, okay. Something to build on. Is he is he back? No. Is he fixed? No. But it's a step in the right direction when he had been taking a step in the wrong direction for about three months. So there you Thank go. Thank you for that injection of positivity. Yeah. It's just proof that success for, for is not linear. That's <laughs> what it is. Success is linear. Not linear. <laughs> not linear. Not linear. Okay. Um, all right. Well, that's that. Uh, baseball fans, you can be winning every inning with the hottest offers in the game from DraftKings Sportsbook. They've got you covered from top of the first to the bottom of the ninth all season long. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can take a shot at bigger payouts with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Open the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt-in, and place your parlay by combining three or more bets from the same game. Every additional leg gets you an extra boost up to 100%. Step up to the plate now with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app. Sign up with the promo code Jared, J-A-R-E-D. New customers can bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly only on the DraftKings Sportsbook with the promo code Jared. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877 877-8- Hope and Y or text Hope and Y in Kansas. Call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after insurance. Opt-in and 10 plus leg requirement for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. Uh, some home run derby news. Pete Alonzo is putting his name back in the hat. Pete Alonzo will be competing in the home run derby. Trying to should. win it for the third time. The only other player to do that. Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts is going to be doing the home run derby, which I thought was interesting, even though he is on pace for a career high in home uh, home runs this year. Um, are there just, more? Yep. Just in Adley Rushman. Adley Rushman. Hmm. Oh, let's go. Uh, Randy Arozarena. Love that. Uh, Julio Rodriguez is getting back in the action after last year. And... I don't know that this was the year to do it, but Vladimir Guerrero Jr. will be participating in the home run derby. Um, did I see? No, no, no Juan Soto. But your boy Ronald Acuna Jr. said, I think I'm going to take a break from it. I think there's other players out there that deserve to be a part of it and be showcased in it. Who knows? Maybe I'll do it again in the coming years. But for right now, Julio Rodriguez. Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Mookie Betts, Randy Arozarena, <clears throat> Pete Alonzo. 
That's I only five say, names. How the fuck? <laughs> There's only five names, and it's on. It's it's a week from today. Oh yeah, we're still waiting on the final three. Mm-hmm. I I got to be honest though, uh, barring like some really dumpy names in those last slots, I I just think baseball deserves credit for getting the home run derby to where it is right now because there was a stretch there um, six seven years ago mm-hmm. where this event looked like it was on life support. Uh, in much the same way that lots of all-star weekend events uh, across sports have been on life support. And they may, not only do they make rule changes, which we don't need to rehash necessarily now because everybody knows them, but that saved the home run derby. But what it has also turned into is a legitimate uh, promotional vehicle for bright stars in the game. And I just don't think that was always the case. And I think they deserve credit for getting the participation of people like Julio Rodriguez and Adley and um, and Vlad and people like that, because, you know, Pete, Pete Alonso's thing is great. I think I think it's awesome that he has embraced being the home run derby guy. <laughs> yeah. um, but. It, it's I think it's a success because of the other people that are also participating and that stars want to or are being induced to participate successfully. And I think baseball deserves credit for that because. um. It didn't necessarily it was not destined to go this way with the home run derby. They they had to be proactive about it. So, yeah. So we're waiting on two names because that article did not have Adley Rushman in it. And no. that was just announced two minutes ago. Um, so we're waiting on two more guys. I guess who would you want to see fill Schwarber. up those last two spots? Schwarber? Yeah. Schwarber That's did it in uh, in D.C. in 18. Yeah. I, that's why I think it should be. I don't really care. And he has 22 home runs. So this is not a great example of that. But I mean, my last year, what I was saying, you should just get the fattest guys to be in it. Like, I don't care how many home runs you hit this season. Like, I just want yeah. like the best home run hitters to like really go for it. Mm-hmm. You know, I know Schwarber's definitely in that category. You want Danny Vogelbeck? I want Bach in there. <laughs> yeah, Danny Burgers. I it's so in it. Uh, no, he's not, but he should be. He should be in it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Julio should be back. Put on a yep. show. Yeah, I think that's yep. way better than like having like somebody like even Acuna. Like we've seen Acuna, he's the most exciting player in the league. He's not that good at home run derbies, apparently. Mm-hmm. So we don't need him. You know, hitting freaking a line drives. He he had all his homers to right field. Yeah, I think Bregman did it in 19. That's just like not a home run derby type guy. Exactly. And that's when you say like, Vladdy, is he hitting a bunch of bombs this year going off? No, but you know in the freaking derby. 19 in Cleveland. He was he almost killed people. And that's what you want to see, dude. Just dinger after dinger after dinger, dude. Put 19 was the first home run derby where they changed the rules so that uh, they were like, yeah, like you can't. Like it's timed and you can't throw a pitch until the ball lands. They completely ignored that rule with Vladdy. Yeah. So he would hit like a moon bomb that was still in the sky. And then he had an, a heat seeking missile that was coming in underneath it. So everyone was distracted looking up at the sky. And then here comes a fucking line drive home run into a sea of people that are looking up. It was crazy. It was uh, it was absolute chaos because me and Dallas were out in right field on that like right field porch or no left field. Uh, the left field porch um, and he was just hitting lasers, had two balls in the air at the same time. Fucking 
that was that was probably the highlight of that whole trip was Vladdy's uh, home run derby. Who ended up winning that one? Because it wasn't him. Oh, which one are we talking about? Nineteen in Cleveland. Uh, Pete Alonso. Yep. Pete Alonso on that one. Yep. Yeah, he kept top spinning balls into the fucking top of the wall. Robo Dallas. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I can't remember. I don't. I know that whoever was 2019. Harper won 18. Alonzo won 19. There wasn't one in 20. And then Alonzo won in 21. Mm. Who won last year? Soto. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think think, uh, I'm going to skip the All-Star game again this year. It's almost detrimental to be there. Because the the entire conversation is around like the players being mic'd up. Oh right, right, right. Yeah, like I think I'll go to the derby, and then for the All Star game, I'll just watch it in the hotel. Maybe I'll fly. I don't know. Maybe I'll just fly home. Watch on the plane. Watch on the plane. Yeah, why not? Know who I want it? Joe, Joey Weimer. What? Have you seen his swing? No. You've never seen Joey Weimer swing, bro. It's slow pitch softball. It's really? one of the sickest things. I mean, he's got 11 homers this year, but come on. I'm trying to think he- of like, like Shohei Otani, that was probably the most disappointing home run derby participant of all time. Well, come on, dude. He had a great, he had a great, didn't he do, he did pretty good. He lost to Soto. He got hot. It, I remember being very disappointed in 21 in Colorado. Uh, yeah, well, he was, he was hot. Yeah. Yeah, it was not. It's not what you think it would be because his home runs are loud and long in their exit velo out the ass. Like he, he seems like he would be the prototypical best home run derby guy of all time. I think he, he just is. wasn't. I think he is. I think he had a he had a tough minute and a half. And we yeah, can't also judge like- this guy on a minute and a half of batting practice. He got hot and was hitting bomb after bomb after bomb after bomb. I think he hit the furthest one. It was a tight race against Soto. Well, we, I don't yeah, want I mean, his, Shohei in the home run derby. He needs a break. His actual total in that showdown with Soto was was pretty good. Like it was, I'm looking at it, it was tied for third out of the eight participants in that round. He just happened to go up against Soto, who hit 31. Like it was, yeah. You know what? I, I want to see Otani in the derby again, but I, I also would be completely exhausted by the conversation of if he got into an even a minor slump after the derby, uh, oh, how yeah. loud that, oh, did the derby fuck up Shohei Otani? It doesn't matter how many studies come out to show that like there's absolutely no correlation between participating in the home run derby and being worse after the derby. It doesn't matter because people just are dum-dums and have it in their brain that there's a correlation there. But just yeah, let Otani just live. I don't think that it's a matter of uh, it's going to mess up his swing thing. I think it's more just like this dude needs rest. Yes, I agree. Shohei rest. Yeah, he he's absolutely. Um, and then you have to figure like the social aspect of it too, because not only are you going out there and exhausting yourself in a home run derby, playing in the All Star game, pitching and hitting in the All Star game, but the media and it's just people in your face, and you are the star attraction. Like you are the guy that everyone wants to see, everyone wants to talk to. You're probably being pulled in 8 million different directions. That has to be exhausting. Like certain people can handle that. Certain people like that spotlight and the attention and all that. But 
there are some people where it's like, absolutely not. This is not my cup of tea. But he doesn't have a choice. It's not like he this- can be like, you know what? I'm actually I'm not going to participate in any of this media nonsense. You're the face of I, baseball globally. Yeah, I, I, I this is not to engender any sort of pity for Shohei Otani, obviously, or baseball players in general. But I don't know that unless you've been to behind the scenes at the All Star Game working or in some other capacity, I don't think people appreciate um, how much those guys are dragged into in terms of media obligations and responsibilities prior to participating in either the Derby or the All-Star game. Like it's those guys are just getting particularly someone like Shohei, who as Jared rightly pointed out is the face of baseball. They're just getting run ragged um, in terms of the stuff that they're being asked to do on those events. So I, I think it's, I think it's wise for Shohei to, to sit this one out. Yeah. <laughs> Dallas is also wise to sit the rest of this podcast. Out because that was, <laughs> The worst internet of all fucking time. Holy shit. Um, so you'll get Dallas Braden back on Wednesday. But he was over there battling. I feel bad for the guy. He, wa- he wants to get his takes out. Guy likes to talk baseball. And the Detroit Wi-Fi said, nay, nay. <laughs> Not today, pal. Yeah, Not He did today. apologize. Yeah. 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 We need to get. Uh, who's like the face of Detroit? M&M? Just like generally, yeah, Michael Lorenzen. I think it's, I think it's Little Caesars. <laughs> Little Caesars. Yeah, yeah we need that. we need to we need someone to apologize on behalf of the city of Detroit for taking away what would have been a great podcast. Still going to be a great podcast, but it could have been by better. Way, by the way, quick Detroit story. The only mm-hmm. time, uh, last time I was there, uh, I left. The I I left the rental car that I had used in the hotel parking lot and flew home with the car keys. <laughs> so what do you do? Mail them back? Yeah, I mailed them. I mailed them mail back, them back. To them, and they had to go get it from the parking garage. <laughs> uh, uh, quick note on the Miami Marlins, since we were just talking about the Atlanta Braves. Uh, so everyone was talking about whether or not the Miami Marlins are for real because of their run differential. And if you check the standings this morning, they have lost three straight games, but they are still firmly in second place in the NL East. They are 11 games above 500, 11 games above 500, but everyone points to their negative 22 run differential. Well, I'll have you know, the Miami Marlins run differential Versus the Atlanta Braves is negative 54, which continued after uh, your boy got ambushed, Jay Hay. Yeah. Ambushed. All the regression came in one start for Yuri Perez. (laughs) Ambushed. That was tough to watch. Um, I chose not to. Yeah, that was bad. Well, actually, I didn't chose not to. It was uh, it was over by the time I turned the TV on. (laughs) <laughs> the the adjective that I've been using for what the Atlanta Braves did to the Miami Marlins, they got dildoed over the weekend. <laughs> it was a disgrace. But I bring all this up to let you know the Miami Marlins run differential versus the Atlanta Braves, negative 54. But versus everybody else, plus 32. That's, That's pretty ridic- good. That's a good stat. That's ridiculous, by the way. Yeah. 
That's yeah, pretty good. I, I think if you did that calculation with the Marlins for the past like five years, you'd get kind of like, oh, damn, Marlins are kind of not as embarrassing as we thought. The Braves just slap right. them in the face every time they play. Right. Like if plus 32, you're in the neighborhood of uh, the Minnesota Twins, plus 31. The New York Yankees are plus 32. Uh, the Los Angeles Angels are plus 33. The San Francisco Giants are plus 36 and the Arizona Diamondbacks are plus 37. That puts you in the same neighborhood as teams like that. Teams that we respect, teams that we talk highly of, teams that we talk about a potential postseason in their future. That's the same neighborhood. It's it's really just the Atlanta Braves that bully the Marlins around. And, and that's why we don't take them as seriously. And that's not fair. Well, it is also kind of tough. Like the Marlins hot streak in June was against like Oakland, Kansas City. White Sox, then they played Seattle, then they get then the Nationals, and then the shitty Red Sox. Like they've had a Whoa. pretty cakewalk of a June. Red Sox have a winning record, my dog. Yeah, arguably they do. <laughs> yeah, but the flip side of that coin is that they don't. The Red mm. Sox deserve it. The Red Sox don't deserve a winning record. <laughs> Yeah, if you did dive in a little deeper, man, to the numbers. No, we're not, not diving into anything. The only numbers that you need to look into are that they have a winning record. Well, my thing is, like, that's true. I will I will concede to that point. Mm-hmm. But they were probably <laughs> the best team the Marlins played all June. Besides if the, the Red Braves, Sox, If the Red great. Sox were the Cedar Rapids Red Sox, they would be in first place. Well, let's make it happen. That sounds like an investment the franchise will make. Heim, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. The Cedar Rapids Red Sox would be in first place. They have a better record than every team in the AL Central. Hmm. Yep. Good Last for place in the AL East, though. Like 43 and 42 will be, will get you first place. That'll get you fourth place in the AL West. That'll get you third place in the NL East. That'll get fourth. you, huh? Want to be fourth? Oh, I'm I'm an idiot. I'm sorting by run differential. That's not how that works. Forty three and forty two. No, it'd be third. Third in the NL East. Fourth, third in the no fourth in the NL East. Phillies are forty four and. Yeah, but they have three less, three, three less. Okay, I'm sorry. I don't know. I'll just shut. <laughs> <laughs> I can I hate that stuff, dude. The win, the win, the winning percentage, man. It, I'm just. They got less wins than the Phillies, so yeah, they're behind them, mm. and more losses, which lead you to believe they have a worse record. That's what I'm under the impression: less wins, more losses, worse record. Yeah. And you said the NL East sucked last week, so. I said it's not as good as the AL East. And that's just a fact, my dog. I think you said a little bit more than that. Mm. We'll see. Um, <laughs> oh, it already happened. It's what? already been said. We've already seen. And in, I don't think anyone's going to go back and listen. So let's just call it a truce. Red <laughs> Sox are good again. Yeah, all right. <laughs> What am I supposed to make in my baseball team, Jay? I mean, it's a game above 500. I mean, I, I hope they it's almost sweeping the Blue Jays. They are if if you woke up 
on July 3rd from a coma that you slipped into in March and someone said the Red Sox are seven and zero against the Blue Jays and five and one against the Yankees. Like you're probably thinking, damn, we're in pretty good shape. Or no. It's the other way around. There's. I'll have to look that up. They have one loss against those two teams and they've played two series against them. They're seven and zero against Toronto. What would you say to that? Mike's off. Jay, his mic's off. Hello? Back. Sorry, I must have touched something. Uh, to answer your question, what what would I tell you about the Boston Red Sox? I think a couple of pods ago, you referred to them as mid. Uh, I, I think that is correct. I just don't think it's that complicated. I think this is about a 500 team that happens to play in the hardest division in baseball or the division with five legitimate teams in it. Uh, the only division with that. Um, and I just They're think 12 and one against the Blue Jays and Yankees. Yeah, so you would think that they would be better than one game above 500 if if that's the piece of information you got at the beginning of the season, like you said. I just, you know, I, I think they are a fine team. I just don't know what the... What's more interesting to me is where do they go from here? What is the path forward for this team? Is it... And you're, you're more equipped to answer this, but like, are they just counting on internal development of like their, their young or young-ish players? Um, like, is there... Is there a free agent coming up that you've already identified as somebody that they're going to like? Because this pitching staff, to me specifically, feels a long way from being like top of division caliber, uh, unless Bayo just becomes a legitimate number one. Uh, and Which he kind of is. He's been like, awesome. He just doesn't have the strikeouts, but everything else, yes, he's like front line. Yeah, no, he, his breakout's been been legit. Like I'm not throwing any cold water on that. I just like. I, to me, it's hard to see where this team goes from here that gets them appreci- appreciably better than they are right now. I agree. Okay. But don't you think the good si- a good sign is, I bet coming into the season, the Red Sox were expecting to do this. So this kind of seems like it is their plan. We don't know their plan, but it seems like, I mean, you think the Red Sox were expecting to be better than 500 this year? No, I... I, I don't. I think this is exactly what they should have expected. I mean, this is basically yeah. what all the projection systems said they would be is a team. You know, I think it was like mostly 77 to 82 wins were most of the projections for the Red Sox. This is basically that it's slightly better. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just. They're bo- I think they're boring, too, is the other thing. They are. Like, I know yeah. I got skewered for calling teams boring or whatever, but like. You weren't yeah. wrong either, because it was. It piggybacked off of my take when yeah, I was like, I, yeah, I still think I don't the Giants are boring. The Giants because they're boring. And you're like, they are boring. And the same thing with the Red Sox. I think the Red Sox are boring. Yeah. Like, I, like Yoshida has been a nice signing. Like, that's fun. And, and Devers is a very good, maybe not great, but very good player. I just like, I don't care about most of the other people in this lineup. Like Justin, Justin Turner is a nice signing, but like, where, are you, where is that taking you? Um, like Verdugo is a nice player, but. To, to me, Alex Verdugo is exactly the sort of person that, like, Alex Verdugo is a starting caliber player 
on franchises that don't typically have the goals that I'm used to the Red Sox having. Like, I just feel like mm-hmm. he's more of a second division guy. And that's not the way that the Red Sox used to operate. And I just feel like they're, they're kind of littered with those type of players in a way that they never were before. You're Do not they wrong. trade Duvall? Do they trade uh, mm-hmm. Justin Turner? Um, I don't know. I don't know if they trade Turner, but I think that the the biggest name is obviously Paxton because he just continues to dominate. Like he just shoved it up the Blue Jays' ass on Friday, and he went six and two thirds, shut out like seven, eight strikeouts, whatever it is. Like he's just been absolutely filthy. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like, do you look towards the future and say? You know, hey, we might try to contend next year. So, like, this is a nice guy to have in our rotation. Do we extend him? Or do you say there's going to be a lot of teams desperate for a starting pitching to separate themselves from the pack? We can probably get a nice little return here if we trade Paxton. He's he's no spring chicken. See what you can get for him. Like, that's probably the route that I'm going. But It's just a weird place because with most teams, I feel like you can identify this is a team that's competing right now and is veteran laden and is good and is supposed to be good right now. And you have other teams where it's like, this is a clear rebuild. They're intentionally terrible. The goal is to be good in three or four years. I'm sure there are other teams that this describes, but the Red Sox are in this like kind of clunky, yucky middle area where it's like, they're not super young. They're not, they're not old. They're not competing right now. They don't have a farm system that's just like overflowing with talent that's on its way up. It's just they feel they feel stuck in baseball purgatory. Uh, and just I, I guess I already said this, but I just don't know where they go from here or what this what this organization looks like three or four years from now um, that has them in a much better spot. Well, that's depressing. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> I remember how magical the 18 season was for you. And I. Mm-hmm. I that was a lot of fun to both participate in and watch you do your thing. And I, I, I want that again for this podcast, for Name Redacted, and for you. I just, I, how are we getting there? I don't see it either. You're right. You're not, you didn't say, you didn't say anything that's incorrect. It's just more, uh, I just like to get at least, not even like a championship, just one more serious run before like I'm 40. <laughs> I've got I've got six years before it's fucking weird to be that excited for baseball, I guess. I, I guess the one thing you can hang your hat on with the Red Sox is that they have done that thing where they've been awesome out of nowhere, right? Like mm-hmm. maybe like that 18. That's part of what made that 18 team so magical. It's not they weren't necessarily out of nowhere, but they were terrible the year before. Right. And so like maybe there's. You can hang your yeah, hat. You're on. thinking of 13. I'm. You're right. I'm sorry. Yes, Bobby B. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the ball bottom. was last place. 13 was World yep. Series. Uh, so maybe you can hang your hat on the idea that that. Uh... But even the 18 team wasn't supposed to be that team, right? Like that was. Not, I don't recall any. I I don't recall that team being picked as a legitimate World Series team prior to the start of 2018. Yeah, I mean they were on a run of. Uh, 18 was three straight division titles, but it was back to back first round exits. 16, yeah. the, they got fucking dildoed by the, the, the Guardians, and then 18, I mean, 17 was the Astros. Uh, and then 18, the difference really was JD Martinez and no more John Farrell. Yeah. You bring yeah. in Alex Cora. Like, those were like the two big things, but we'll see. Mm. We'll see. I think. Uh, yeah. 
Remember we were talking earlier who has like the most trade pieces? Mm-hmm. The White Sox, you know, maybe the Cardinals. It's I think it's the Red Sox. Because you got Justin Turner, one-year deal. Kenley Jansen, all-star. Kenley, that's, that's, I think that's the guy that you could get probably the most out of. Like maybe Chris Martin. I mean, Kenley, you get a lot. Chris Martin's had the better season. Kenley's got another year left. I don't know. I don't can't remember what Chris Martin's deal is, but um, yeah, Kenley, Chris Martin, Justin Turner, Adam Duvall. Uh, yeah, they've got Kike. They've got some pieces that they could, uh, and then Paxton obviously is the is the other one. But yeah, they've got uh, they've got some toys to play with. Let's see how they approach the trade deadline, but. Uh, Blue Moon, we got to talk about it. Uh, beer is tried and true baseball tradition, but Blue Moon is the only beer brewed by baseball. Blue Moon was born in a ballpark, first brewed at Coors Field in Denver, Colorado. Make it your one-of-a-kind baseball tradition, whether you're at the park or watching from home. Shout out to everyone who's been uh, thank you tweeting us pictures, posting on the Baseball is Dead Reddit page of you sipping down some Blue Moons at a ballpark, watching at home on TV. Just enjoying all that coriander. You guys are the best with its refreshing flavor with Valencia orange peel for a subtle sweetness and hints of coriander. Blue Moon Belgian style wheat ale is a one of a kind beer that's made brighter. It's carefully crafted and full flavored with refreshing notes and a smooth, creamy finish. Blue Moon was brewed by baseball to give you a dose of nostalgia and get you excited for the new season. Why strike out with the same old beer when you can get something that's one of a kind? It's bold flavor, bright explosion of color, and iconic orange slice ritual guarantees a one-of-a-kind beer experience that's perfect for spring weather. Best served with its signature orange garnish to showcase its beautiful bright color. A beer this good only comes around once in a blue moon, but you can enjoy it all season long. Keep baseball traditions alive with Blue Moon Belgian-style wheat ale. It's one-of-a-kind every time. Check out shop.bluemoonbrewingcompany.com for baseball merch and visit get.bluemoonbeer.com slash rocket to find Blue Moon delivery options. That is get.bluemoonbeer.com slash rocket. Blue Moon made brighter. Celebrate responsibly. Blue Moon Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Ale. Um, what do we got here, Joseph? This is. Oh, there's nothing could change the pod. It's just a funny clip. It's just a funny clip of Miguel Cabrera. Man, he's a funny guy. <laughs> he's a funny tigers. Guy. He sent tigers are going to the lake, and I like to mm. see that. I'm I'm happy for the tigers. Shout out to Michael Lorenzen, all star mm-hmm. for the tigers. Yeah, let's uh, let's talk about that. <laughs> the tigers. <laughs> no, let's talk about these all star rosters. For the American League. Starting catcher from the Texas Rangers, Jonah Heim. Woo! First Woo. baseman from the Tampa Bay Rays, Yandy Diaz. Second baseman from the Texas Rangers, Marcus Simeon. <clears throat> from the Texas Rangers at third base, rookie of the year to be Josh Young. From the Texas Rangers, shortstop, Corey Seager in the outfield from the Los Angeles Angels, Michael Trout. From the Tampa Bay Rays, Randy Arozarena. Somehow, some stupid way, 
from the New York Yankees, Aaron Judge, which is very dumb. So, uh, and then at DH, you know him, you love him. Brent Rooker. Shohei Otani. In the National League. It's basically like the, the all-star game is going to be the Braves versus the, the Rangers. Rangers. Yeah. Um, behind the dish from the Atlanta Braves, Sean Murphy at first base, basically from the Braves, Freddie Freeman at second base from the Miami Marlins, Luis Arias, third baseman from the St. Louis Cardinals, Nolan Arenado. Also from the Atlanta Braves, shortstop Orlando Arcia. Also from the Atlanta Braves, outfielder Ronald Acuna Jr. From the Dodgers, outfielder Marcus Lynn Betts. From the Arizona Diamondbacks, outfielder Corbin Carroll. And then at DH, you said he was washed up. Turns out he's the starting DH for the National League All-Star team from the Doyers, Julio Daniel Martinez at DH. Um, and just run through some pitchers here. Felix Batista, Luis Castillo, Emmanuel Classe, Garrett Cole, Nathan Avaldi, Kevin Gosman, Sonny Gray, Kenley Jansen, Michael Lorenzen, Shane McClanahan, Shohei Otani, Framber Valdez. Uh, National League, Alexis Diaz. Is it Camilo? It's Camilo. Doval. 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 Bryce Elder. Zach Gallen. Josiah Gray. Josh Hader. Mitch Keller. Clayton Kershaw. Justin Steele, who just interviewed, probably have that <clears throat> podcast uh, on Wednesday. Spencer Strider, Marcus Stroman, and Devin Williams. This is the 10th All-Star selection for Clayton Kershaw, by the way. Uh, Reserves, you got uh, Salvador Perez and Adley Rushman, catchers of the American League. Um, The National League, uh, Elias Diaz, Will Smith, Bo Bichette, Vladdy Jr., Whit Merrifield. Jose Ramirez, Ozzy Albies, Pete Alonzo, Matt Olson, Austin Riley, Dansby Swanson, Jordan Alvarez, Adolis Garcia, Austin Hayes, Luis Robert Jr., Nick Castellanos, <laughs> Lourdes Guriel Jr., Juan Soto, uh, Brent Rooker, and Jorge Soler. He's got to be in the Derby, Soler. Come on. Yeah. What are we doing? Gotta be doing it. Uh, who who's the biggest snub? Do you think? Hmm. Tatis. Tatis is a snub. Tatis is a snub. Um, Jay. Yeah, that was going to be my pick too. I I I cannot get over. I know this has nothing to do with Tatis. I cannot get over that Michael Lorenzen is an all star. Like <laughs> I, I, nothing against that man personally. Don't know him. Don't care. But like has to be on the short list of the most embarrassing for the team all-stars in recent history. Like I, Mm. when he was announced, I rushed to his reference page because I was like, have I just missed this outstanding Michael Lorenzen season? Like, did I just not register with me? No, Mm. Uh, he's got a 4.28 ERA and 14 starts. Uh, 
and he's two and six. So it's not like he even has some like weirdly lucky win loss total that got him in. I just how do they not send Miggy? That that was going to be my very next point is like. What, what is the purpose here and why is the answer like, let's just run back the Albert Pujols experience, basically, and put like I know, you know, Miggy's still technically playing baseball beyond this year, but like. I don't know. I, do I'll mean? tell you why. I'll tell you why. He's retiring at the end of the year. Miggy's not going to the All-Star game. He's going to the lake, bro. Yeah. All that. <laughs> Jay didn't see it yet. It'll make sense later. Okay. It'll okay. make sense later. Right. <laughs> but they did that with him. Miggy got in the game last year too, right? It was him and Pujols. I guess that's true. This um, is what Joe's talking about right here. Let's go to the lake. <laughs> to, to date. It's warm. We're going to win the game to date, and we go to the lake after. Okay? I'm going to go to the lake and have fun. And Play dominoes and watch the beach. You buy the dominoes. So, what you talking about? You the dominoes. No. Yes. You know how to count. What? You know how to count. What? Say it again. Count. <laughs> <laughs> They're wearing bucket hats. He wants, wants to go to the beach. That's all. So I honestly, I bet they did ask Miggy, hey, you want to go to your 50th All-Star game? And he said, no. No. I'm going to the lake. <laughs> good for him he's doing I, it right you, you know the other thing that stuck out to me about some of these all-stars is like how like nl third base i feel like has been like this hotbed of like high-end mvp caliber talent between like machado and arenado and like the rise of austin riley and stuff like that and you go to the leader like i know Arenado's the guy this year it's not it's not a particularly strong all-star candidacy for arenado i don't think but heimer candelario is leading nl third baseman and wins above replacement and it's just like what happened to this position uh in the nl and like i know ellie you know whatever we can talk about young players coming up but i was just like damn man there is not a great case to be made for an nl third baseman right now yeah why did why why is he not in it heimer Jamer, is that how you I, pronounce it? I, I think they, I mean, I just don't think he is being given a lot of respect for his season. You know, it's not. I guess, on, it's, I guess his his war is a lot of defense and yeah. everybody hates on defense. And he plays for the Nationals and it's like, yeah, do we need, I mean, I'm not how complaining that Arenado's in. not an all-star? Maybe the Tampa Bay Rays called the office and we're like, don't put him in as an all-star because we're having problems with his attitude. Wander Franco is tied for the fourth best wins above replacement in Major League Baseball. It's Ronald Acuna Jr., Shohei Otani, Luis Robert, and both Mookie Betts and Wander Franco tied for fourth. Yeah. And he's not an all-star. I wonder. It's not even close. I wonder what the explanation for that is, honestly. Don't know. Don't hmm. know. Very weird. Yeah, I'm, I'm it's very. A, uh, I, I don't like the, that one team has to have a guy. I don't. I don't. Yeah, this isn't little league. I don't like that either. Like it. Like that rule is made. Like the little league, every kid has to play rule is made so that the kids don't cry when they go home. But 
the all star thing is like, oh, we want fan, like fans of all fan bases to tune in and watch. Do you think Tigers fans are tuning in to watch Michael Lorenzen? Or do I don't you think, think that they're tuning in to see like the stars of the game? They're like, we haven't seen good baseball all year. Like we want to <laughs> we want to tune in to see the stars. Yeah, I'd be pissed. I have to watch a Tigers player now. They've been ruining <laughs> yeah. my whole summer. Now they're right. back on and they're, I had a three day break. And also, no, it's very possible that Michael Lorenzen doesn't even participate in the game. Yeah. So, like, what are we right. doing? What are we doing? I, I thought that was a rule, too. They, they, they don't. Ha- yeah, no, actually, it's not. I, I made that up. I thought they <laughs> had to use everyone. No, that's I called, Tim that's called the Bud Selig anti-rule. Yeah, that was. Yeah. Yeah. I think 2011, maybe. There was one year, 20, 2009, 10, somewhere in there. Is at the very end of his career, but Tim Wakefield made the all-star team, and I'm pretty sure he did not enter the game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, practically speaking, I mean, you, you need to keep a picture or two, right? And nobody needs to fucking see. It's a showcase. Nobody needs to see Michael Lorenzen pitch. No. I'd be, I'd be pissed if I was a Tigers <laughs> fan. And, or, like, obviously, I'd be pissed if I was a real if a fan of just the all-star game wanting to watch, but I would be pissed if I was a Tigers fan. I know Joey just said that, but like if I, I had to Michael watch Renzi. that bitch pitch in the game, I'd be like, what are we doing? I was like, this guy sucks. I've watched 14 of his starts. They're not that good. I would be pissed if I was Michael Lorenzen because yes. no one, no one was noticing that I was not having a good year. And now that I'm on the all-star team, it's what everyone's talking about. They're like, how the fuck did this guy make the all-star team? Think, now think- I'm in the crosshairs of baseball fans because they're one of their favorite players are, is done. Uh, or one of their favorite players didn't make the all-star team and I'm on it. So like now I'm, I'm the example of why the yeah. system's broken. Think about the practical experience of showing up uh, in Seattle at the all-star game for as Michael Lorenzen, where you're like, I, I completely do not belong here. All of these people know I do not belong here. Nobody wants to talk to me. Like, <laughs> you know, they're going to be set up at those booths where the media comes through and it's like, Michael Lorenzen's booth, like what the Detroit Free Press is going to come up, I guess, but get rid of that rule. I agree. Damn. Wanda Franco, fifth in war, didn't make it. Fourth. Michael Michael Lorenzen, come on, come right up. Come on down. (laughs) Also, Goldschmidt kind of got screwed too. So I want to tip my cap. Goldie, I think you're better. Than who? (laughs) Freddie? I don't know. Someone just better, just better. <laughs> this is better. Yeah, I think you're better. He, he ain't I, having a better year than Freddie. We well, there's more than one first baseman. Yeah, that's why I asked. Like, better than who? He's not better than Matt Olson. I would never say that, but I, I s- still think he, with the 18th best WAR in the league, 139 uh-huh. WRC plus. Give him the nod. He's a little bit better than Olson. It's okay. It's okay to say that. It's okay to say that. Um, but summer's in full swing, and you need a pair of great shades that you don't have to baby. Knockaround sunglasses is the go-to for quality, polarized shades that won't break the bank. Plus, they just released for the first time nine teams of their official MLB collection, including Red Sox and Yankees, Astros. I think I, I have a box downstairs. I'm going to have to go through the full list, but I saw a bunch of teams. If they have the Braves, I'll send you a pair, Joe. Thank you. You're welcome. 
as well as official U.S. women's soccer team sunglasses, so you can add a little extra something to your game day outfit in time for today's uh, summer's big matches. Don't be the person that's squinting into the sun or worried about getting sand on their overpriced sunglasses. Check out knockaround.com for great-looking polarized shades starting at just 28 bucks. Dodgers, Mariners, Cardinals, Cubs, Giants, Red Sox, Yankees, Padres, Astros, they get a bunch. You get a bunch of teams. So head on over to knockaround.com and get your pair today. Um what did I see? Oh, because uh, because of the Domingo Herman perfect game last week, I saw that there was a there was like a chart of likelihood of rare MLB game feats. What do you think is the the rarest? You're never going to guess this. The rarest occurrence. It's in Major League Baseball. It's only happened once. Two grand slams by one batter in one inning. Yeah. Easy. Fernando Tatis <laughs> Sr. Two grand slams in one inning. That has happened one time. Uh, the second most unlikely thing, three hits in one inning. Dang. That has happened three times. 20 strikeouts in nine innings. That has happened five times. Three sacrifice flies. I don't like imagine. Imagine hitting your third sacrifice fly and being like, fuck yeah, dude, <laughs> baseball history. Uh, that has happened 11 times. Uh, two grand slams. That has happened 13 times. A perfect game lost on the 27th batter. That has happened 13 times. That's happened. That's more infrequent than a perfect game itself. There's been 24 perfect games. 13 times the perfect, a perfect game has been lost on the 27th batter. Uh, the unassisted triple play, that's happened 15 times. A 10 RBI game has happened 16 times. The four homer game, 18 times. The immaculate inning, which I, I mean, where are you at on the immaculate inning, Jay? Hey, does that do something for you? Uh, as as like an actual accomplishment, no. As like a highlight to go back and watch, it does a little something for me. Okay, but like I'm not like I don't I don't remember people who do immaculate innings. Kevin Gosman has two. He's got two immaculate innings. I think Scherzer has like nine or something, right? What is <laughs> he's got it done? Mm. The immaculate inning has happened 114 times, which like. That's still pretty low because when you consider that there's been 319 no hitters and we all know how people go crazy for no hitters, the immaculate inning is a third as likely. It's happened 114 times, 319 no hitters, Uh, the cycle 343 times and then a three homer game 480 times. Like, out of all the shit on that list, I would say the coolest thing is probably, what, the third rarest? Like, a 20-strikeout tw- a game does more for me than a perfect game, does more for me than a no-hitter. Um, but, yeah, the two grand slams in one inning, don't give a shit. Like, what out of that, like, that? would you, would you, wouldn't you agree, Jay Hay, 
that the 20 strikeout game is the most exciting out of anything on that list? Yes, but I, I am a sucker for the perfect game. So I'm not comfortable saying that the 20 strikeout game is better or I would rather watch it because there's just like there's a tension that exists when you watch a perfect game that I'm just not sure quite exists on the 20K situation. I don't know. I mean, if, yeah, you're, I if you're at the ballpark and like you're it depends on the ballpark, right? If you're at one of those ballparks where the fans put up the K signs and like that's the building tension, like you, you're getting fucking it's like you're in the eighth inning and he's got 17. Then you're like, fuck, man, like we can do 20. We can break the record. <clears throat> like, would you would you rather be at Dallas Braden's perfect game where he had like three strikeouts and it was basically just the defense bailing him out the whole time or Max Scherzer's 20 strikeout game or Randy Johnson's 20 strikeout game? Honestly, I think I'd rather be at the perfect game. No, that's the wrong answer. I'm sorry. Damn it. That's not the answer we were looking for. Oh. <laughs> Jake, cut that. I'm going to ask him again. Would you rather be at Dallas Braden's perfect game oh. or Randy Johnson's 20 strikeout game? Fuck Dallas Braden. Randy Johnson yeah. 20 strikeout game, man. Of course. That's right. That's exactly correct. <laughs> <laughs> That's correct. Mm-hmm. Hmm. What about you, Joe? Or maybe Wait, the what, three what, sacrifice uh, fly game. Maybe that's the one I would choose. Yeah, the, the three sacrifice fly game. People going ballistic during those. Um, 20 strikeouts or a perfect game, Joe? You have to Google uh, what, what you would prefer. Yeah, I was going to chat GBT, but I'll just um, I'll, I'll say perfect game. It's just the wrong it's, answer. It's way more swag. Like you go to a random person and be like, dude, I saw 20 strikeout game. They're going to be like, all right, is that good? But what? perfect game, a random person. No. If If I said to someone... I was at a 20 strikeout game and they didn't know that that was cool. Then like, we're not going to be friends I'm anyway. Saying well, put it this way. You go down the list. Like, yes, like a perfect game is, is super rare, right? 24 of them. There's been five 20 strikeout games by four individuals. Cause Clemens did it twice. Four dudes have a 20 strikeout game. The list of guys that have had that have had the 20 strikeout games far like not only is it more rare but the talent required for a 20 strikeout game there are some slap dicks straight up slap dicks not to mention any names we're very familiar with a couple of them uh that have thrown perfect games you can just get lucky one day and throw a perfect game you have to be one of the best to ever do it to strike out 20 yeah, especially because it's it's the it's a the pitch count thing because it's hard to strike out that many guys and not throw two hundred fucking pitches. Yeah, it's happened four times, it's five times. It happened five times by four guys. It is definitely harder. Clemens did it twice. Kerry Woods' twenty strikeout game was statistically the best game ever pitched ever. Uh, I think he he uh, he gave up one hit, didn't walk anyone, struck out 20 by game score. It's the best game ever pitched. Um, so Clemens did it twice. Uh, Randy Johnson did it. Max Scherzer did it. Kerry Wood did it. And. Um, yeah. Like that's the 20 strikeout club. 
is a far more elite class than the perfect game club. You know? I guess, I guess, you know what? I'm not even going to put it to a poll because the recency bias, you're going to get all like the Yankee jerk offs being like, obviously a perfect game, bro. Like it's the perfect game, bro. That's that's the best game that you can throw, bro. Like I don't know if you realize that, bro. But twenty the twenty strikeouts, anyone can do that. But perfect game, Domingo, bro. You kidding me? It's perfect. You could <laughs> you could have a twenty strikeout game and lose, bro. I you do think that's actually a pretty good point by that guy that you're making fun <laughs> of him. And I'm thinking you're saying, I'm like, yeah, you. Being perfect is better. If you strike out 20 guys, give a couple hits. What are you doing? What are you doing? Giving up hits. I thought you were good. Yeah. If you're good, how are you giving up hits? You can still strike out 20 and lose. I think Chris Sale struck out, what, 17 a couple years ago and lost to the Rockies? He's a loser. He's not perfect. (laughs) He's a loser. He's just not perfect. Oh, man. Well. You know, it is what it is. Uh, we've never talked immaculate grit. Oh, Aroldis Chapman. Yeah, we'll hit Aroldis Chapman. Aroldis Chapman traded to the Texas Rangers um, when I started the rundown on Friday. That was on the top, and it made it to hour number two because who gives a shit? But the Texas Rangers being aggressive, go out there and get Aroldis Chapman. That's uh, one of th- That was their, I don't want to say their greatest weakness. It might have been their only weakness was their bullpen, the back end of the bullpen there. You go out and add Roldis Chapman, who's still throwing 102 miles an hour. He came in and pitched in the seven. He's not going to be closing games for them. But yeah, my first question when the Rangers added a Roldis Chapman was to whom will he be giving up the game winning hit to end the Rangers <laughs> postseason run uh, in a couple of months? That's just what he does. He he has done that countless times uh, in, in his postseason career. The Rajai Davis home run was off of Rolls Chapman. The iconic Rajai Davis home run. He's got like three home runs in his entire life. But one of them is off of Rolls Chapman in Cleveland during the World Series. Uh, he gave up that Mike Brasso homer in 2020, 2020. He gave up the Jose Altuve homer in 2019. Guy just sucks in the playoffs. Can't get it done. But good move by the Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> You got weathering. him closing over Will Smith. No, I just said no, he, no, 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 no. Rewind. Yeah, Will Smith closing over Roldy cheek, Roldy cheeks, Roldy cheeks. <laughs> roldy cheeks. <laughs> you got Will Smith closing over a Roldy cheeks, dude. Sure about that? I don't know, man. Uh, what? I mean, he pitched in the seventh yesterday. Yeah, which surprises me. I mean, I guess you, only you, time will tell. You questioning Boach, bro? Hey, that's Skip for sure. But I mean, Boach has made mistakes that's as well. Skip for sure. Just kidding. I mean, sure he has, but I'm thinking of a, the Ron Washington famous mistake of not putting in the defensive replacement for Nelson, Nelson Cruz. Cruz. That wasn't Boach. <laughs> he didn't manage the Rangers until this no. year. Right. So glad we got it's that straightened out, out, brother. Jay, hey, what do you think about the Aroldis Chapman move? Uh, I think it's a low-risk, uh, necessary move, whether it was him or someone else. I think that bullpen needed uh, some help. 
and he seems to be much more effective pitcher than he was last season. So I don't mm-hmm. and it, and listen, if it doesn't work out, you you move on, I guess. Plus, I do think this gives them enough of a window here to see what his addition does to the bullpen, and if they, you know, decide that it's sufficient, then they can go to you know. Um, put their resources elsewhere in terms of uh, trade acquisitions, but they also have like a month now to figure out whether they need additional bullpen help. So I, I think it's a smart move to do it early. Um, and uh, yeah, I like the pickup other than, you know, the fact that a role is Chapman's like piece of shit, but <laughs> <laughs> can't forget I that. Couldn't yeah. have. Yeah. You can't forget it. Could not have worded that better myself. That, uh, that clip of my, my Domingo Herman clip went mega viral and I didn't even, retweet it i didn't even share it it just that thing just took off and uh i was like you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna sit this one out i I didn't i didn't like it i didn't retweet it i didn't share it in any capacity 2.6 million views (laughs) wow 2.6 milli yeah that's what the perfect game does dude yeah people wait until you see my fucking um uh, my twenty strikeout rant that I got up my sleeve. That's coming up. Yeah, it's gonna be uh Herman's about to. I'm 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 predicting a twenty one strikeout game for Herman for Herman this year. Yeah, twenty two. <laughs> Do you think so? I mean, he's hot. Twenty two now. He's hot. Man wow. on a mission. Well, I mean, if you want to go see Domingo Herman's next start, <laughs> oh, you know I do. I got his jersey. You got his jersey. You got to check yeah. out Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite event shouldn't be this stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets with their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun that you'll have. Uh, I don't know who Herman's next start is against, but if you want to uh, see someone else, uh, there's always that option. You can definitely check that out. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, and theater, and more. The Game Time Guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the promo code Jared, J-A-R-E-D, for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Use the promo code Jared for $20 off your first purchase. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. <clears throat> um, is there anything else you guys wanted to hit on? I just had one final thought. What's that? Um, we talked about Adley um, going into the Derby. And I saw, shout out to Dan Connolly. Uh, obviously, this one's in, at, uh, in Seattle at T-Mobile Park. Apparently, when he mm-hmm. was eight years old, Adley Rushman won the regional pitch hit and run competition in Seattle in what is now T-Mobile Park. So kind of oh. cool that, you know, what, 17 years later, uh, he'll be going there and participating in the real home run derby. I thought that was not a traditional nugget, but I thought that was kind of cute. That is pretty cool. Okay. We love Adley Rushman. We do. He's on my uh, he's on my bucket list of uh, future um, podcast guests. Well, when he hears, uh, when he listens to this episode, he'll know that he's on yeah. the bucket list, and then we'll just have him on 
probably later this week. Yeah. Yeah. Jake, book Adley Rushman, please. Thank you. Joseph, final thoughts? <clears throat> Something that cool happened last week. Mike Trout just got up to number 30 on the all-time war list, which mm-hmm. just blew my mind. He passed George Brett. Wow. He passed Chipper Jones. Mm-hmm. He's passed Joe DiMaggio. Pass Clemente, Jeff Bagwell, Pete Rose, Brooks Robinson, Griffey, Johnny Bench, Derek Jeter, mm. Reggie Jackson, just to name a few. And how old is he? 30? It's absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. And we all forget about him because we're sucking off Shohei, as we should, because mm-hmm. he's the best to ever do it. But Mike Trout is like also the best to ever do it. Yeah. My final thought, speaking of Shohei, uh, I am noticing, and I tweeted this, I noticed that my Shohei highlights, when I tweet them out, they are reaching people who don't give a fuck about baseball at all, but I've seen, I'm seeing a lot of, I gotta, I gotta start watching baseball. Like, this dude right here is a real deal. Like, because of him, I want to watch baseball. I'm seeing that. And I don't think I've ever seen that with anyone else. Like even when Tatis was at his peak popularity, uh, Mike Trout, I mean, you name it. Like there's been plenty of stars during the Twitter highlight era. Um, I don't think I've ever seen multiple tweets coming in from people that are admittedly being like, I don't watch baseball. I'm not a baseball fan. But like if if this guy, like, how do you not sit down and watch this guy? I get so, this all the time, but whatever. My you do? Videos. Yeah. I don't even like baseball. I love your videos, not watch them. But just. oh, okay, yeah. So, so maybe it's, maybe it's, you put me in a final thought, Joey, Shohei Otani, yep. the two guys that are bringing people into the game of baseball. Only two, the, the only, only two, two Jared's ever seen. That's right. Wow. Shohei All right, we'll be back on Wednesday. Enjoy your holiday. And we'll see you then. We are.